0: This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. Thank you for checking out 90 for chill, the podcast. This is where I like to give my context and trigger warnings in regards to this episode. It's just a conversation between me and my big sister, the poetic critic, where we tend to contrast compare Oscars from 88 to 2023. So just some fun movie chatter. There's some uh, bits that might be a little insensitive. One, my language is a little loose because we're just BSing Two. I talk about how I use my sister's spectrum rating on my request to get out of work for C2E2. Three, I may have thrown some shade at Jada Pinkett Smith inadvertently, flashing back to a conversation I had with Gregory Carl about that. So, with all that said, I think we'll get everything cleaned up and nice, and I hope you enjoy the show. Little hands says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. And welcome to 90 for Chilla Podcast. This is your host, Cool Movies Darth. Is the handle I kept trying to get over, but all my fellow podcasters know me as Catbus Russ. That's also my Twitter handle at CatBusRuss. Russ. And if you wanna follow what I'm watching though, my letterbox username is CM Darth. If you want your household filled with the dulcet tones of myself, Ask it your Google Nest or Amazon Echo device to play podcast by Russ Stevens and that should get you here. This week, as I said, uh, it's just me and the Poetic Critic just having a fun little conversation about uh, movies, the state of cinema, I really think is probably the best way of placing it. And we do talk about how, gosh, the Oscars kind of, it basically, I talk about the flaws, inspired from a conversation that was being had on Not A Strong Start about how do you rank the last 10 best pictures winners? And a lot of the issue comes to them saying, well, what about enjoyability? And I'm saying this is kind of like cinema with a capital C instead of just cinema ordinary. So I run that by The Big Sister. Uh, We talk about how Netflix is kind of a hopeless ship we make some jokes about a movie I had on in my peripheral called uh, Space is a Place, an Afrofuturism movie from the 70s, which I really need to watch and pay attention to sometime. But I digress. Before we get into the show, I'm going to have a movie review for fun little um, item I saw uh, via iTunes, and which is currently available on Tubi, the 2022 Torture Porn feature starring Costas Mandalore and Michael Manson phoning it in called Death Count. I should have probably, I figured a lot of stuff out with uh, TCM and such, so I could have probably been a little more into her, my big sister's uh, foray into cinema. But, you know, where's the fun in that? I really, well, I should have watched Space to the Place because that probably deserves a podcast on its own. Like, uh, sometime I'd like to do Putney Swope. If you want to do those movies sometime, send an email to rustabuzz07 at gmail.com, and let's get to composing some fried go, Sorry, fried gold. And I guess it's just now time to get on with the show.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> allow
0: me to
1: introduce myself. I am the warden, and I have gathered you all here to participate in a little game called And Then There Were. Ah!
2: Now we're cooking with gas. An audience will be watching you. Whoa, 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 slow down. What's this about a website? Some guy's head just exploded on the internet. Some game or something.
1: Our society has shifted into one built on cyber-likes and it will be incumbent
2: on each of you to acquire as many as possible. The game is about to begin. Is this where I'm supposed to beg for my life?
1: all pay for your sins. Sins you committed.
2: This is personal. Someone's idea of revenge.
1: Call for backup. I think we might have found a warden.
2: Looks like we have company. Now, (laughs) where were we? I got you. Is this what you want? You're eliminated.
0: Stay tuned. So looking through iTunes today, primarily for the $5 movies, uh, I came across this feature called Death Count, which looks silly to begin with. And then I look at the plot of basically it's a Saw knockoff, you know, play the game to if you want to live type stuff. And our villain is played by Costas Mandalore, who is Detective Hoffman from the Saw movie. So it's like, Alright, well, if we're going to rip off Saw, let's go right and try to make it as close as we can. And when you throw Michael Manson in as the detective trying to stop him, I can't help but be intrigued. And, you know, it's an amusing enough movie, I should say. I mean, there's nothing great about it. Well, scratch that. They they do pretty well on the uh, gore effects and the torture. Um effects. Again, I can't really say the uh, film is shot very well, but, you know, it still gives you that, uh, not quite a gorgasm, but it, again, amuses. Uh, The acting is, well, Michael Madsen's totally phoning it in. Uh, Costas Mandalor, those get to um, just totally um, heal up, so... It's kind of fun seeing him be what Hoffman really wanted to be. So, this is a nice little side project, I'd say, to the Saw Features. Definitely doesn't have anybody involved. I believe this is a film produced by the Mahal family, not the gender kind, or at least as far as I know. So, a lot of executive producer credits, you know, it's just something that probably got the budget probably went in to get Mandalore and Madsen on it. And that's about it. But as I say, it's just amusing enough. The twist, the getaway um, of our protagonists works out pretty well. And, you know, it's a fun take on the And Now There Were None, a.k.a. the Ten Little Native Americans. So I think it's, if you like Agatha Christie, you like, Saw, so Hostel, any movie which really just tries to sell you on gore for the sake of gore, I think you're going to be amused, and it might be worth uh, ninety minutes on Tubi. But high art, it is not. And outside the sixty seventh annual Academy Awards, the stars keep coming. Here's Jeremy Hawk, star of the illogical, blasphemous, and ultra violent Crocodile Gandhi movies. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And let's hear it for Roger Ebert. (laughs) Jay Sherman. Idiots. Yeah, Zoom just sounds very disappointed in us. I think it's disappointed. I just realized I think everybody's just using it for podcasting now, since corporate America has placed everybody back in the office. (laughs) Just There's your leftist tirade to start the podcast, which I think is a little more fun than just the typical introductions to 90 for Chill, the podcast. And this week's guest is the poetic critic, the wisest mind in central Illinois cinema. You know, you gotta you gotta take some titles when the cinema snob moved up to Lombard.
1: I'm not that smart.
0: Ah, well, I mean, you're, I don't know. We uh, recently had a Twitter thing: uh, ten actors that kind of define you. But yeah, like that,
1: that that meme thing. Yeah,
0: right. So, I mean, like, hey, Let me take a look at that again. All uh, right, notifications. Yep. Uh, okay no that's christine young i know it's been past or like i was trying to find the original source but let's see i think it's just more and now that i look at it, it is more of just a, a timeliness thing i think which is amazing you know just two years between us but you know peter sellers dudley moore gene wilder eric idol tom baker jeff goldblum obviously tim curry awesome david bowie jim carrey and hey heath ledger come up as your uh yeah your modern picks i suppose i don't know i didn't think you were that big a heath ledger person
1: no I, I worked my way through most of his filmography about 15 years ago
0: okay i mean i i've stated my disdain i didn't for the, see
1: the order of four feathers remake but okay i saw most of the others
0: yeah i just um i don't know i really didn't i can't say i saw much heath ledger besides a knight's tale Back in that two thousand one, where my friend uh, Jesse would return from a party school every weekend to watch movies.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, dude, yeah, we all know. I mean, I, I've pretty much said how he's turned out. So, um, I as I say, so night nice tales about that, and I was more like, yeah, Paul Bettany, that's where the money is. Um, and Alan Tudyk, I mean um yeah so what
1: what is it about alan tudyk though really i i I don't quite get it i'm not saying he isn't talented
0: oh he's just so lovable he he looks so dorky and and he's got such range i mean you can throw him in a british picture like nothing and uh you know and then you and then you have the range, as i say the range when you go to all his animated movies I mean, he gets a credit for just being a chicken. Yeah. And then uh, K2SO, I mean, I haven't watched Andor yet, but it's like, oh, I can't wait till they get to him.
1: And... I looked at the first episode mm-hmm. of Andor, and I, I thought it was pretty impressive. Yeah, and I'm not really in watching TV shows so much as movies, but uh, yeah, Andor looked pretty promising.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so... As I say, I just uh you know, Heath Ledger, I haven't watched Broke Back, which is one of those blind spots. That's when I gotta get to.
1: It's worth getting around to.
0: Yeah. And uh well I've always had my grudge with um not a Donnie Darko fan, so I've always had a grudge with uh uh Jake Gyllenhaal. You're not Maggie. <laughs> um, so that's um okay, that's a weird place. Oh, no. Sorry, I was just getting peripheral stuff in my place, and I saw... uh, So, I mean, going to recent movies, I mean, my actor list really isn't that, I mean, a little more, honestly, not really that that different when you really stop and look at it.
1: Well, no, I was kind of surprised, too.
0: Yeah. Uh. So, and as I just stated uh, recently in a tweet, you know, yeah, if we're gonna go unisex, I'll I'll replace Keith. Yeah, because it didn't and... look
1: like people were going unisex with these lists. So I could probably pull together ten actresses too if I want.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I could put Kelly McDonald somewhere in there.
1: I'd have more older performers if I did an actresses list. Yeah, not.
0: which is yeah, kind of a sad thing. You know, thing. like I'd
1: put Marlena Dietrich or Mae yeah. West.
0: Um. Yeah, Gloria Stewart and my. Um my round so after recently really getting into the uh 30s era yeah. um so oh, yeah. um yeah so it's a there's an interesting thing you know mine were Ian mcgregor samuel l jackson mm-hmm. sylvester stallone i mean i'm an 80s kid uh yeah. kurt, kurt well, russell that, that,
1: that's, that's the point of this list is yeah. you know the ones that really mean something to you the ones that you went and did the deep dives on that sort of thing
0: right I don't know. That maniac Mike guy though on Twitter just seems so wise.
2: <laughs> maniac Mike.
0: Yeah, uh I can't remember what his at is he's a I mean um he's a uh, Yeah, me okay, Maniac Mike uh Mana wow, Mania seven oh seven Mana seven oh seven uh, he's the guy who uh did the let me uh judge your <laughs> your mute movie taste oh. based on your letterbox favorites
1: oh i remember that one
0: <laughs> yeah so all right well as i say a uh, little off off balance start get all the equipment ready and then like oh yeah you forgot the booze russ so taking my shot of the for the pod I've cut down on my more a little bit because uh, I've found tequila. Like uh, just my philosophy that when you drink tequila, good things happen, and uh, it's been interesting recently. Like it's going to be tough to get these podcasts done because of the limited hours now I have with a second job at a liquor store. And uh, oh, yeah, I see.
1: Well, so, you know you'll you'll find a way to work around it. Oh know. yeah,
0: oh yeah, but um. So,
1: yeah but um
0: but, uh, yeah go ahead Ro.
1: with um with my list i i did note in an aside that at one point i would have put johnny depp on the list
0: yeah oh yeah um but
1: i i don't want people the- if i want to be able to get to know me i don't want to bring that up anymore
0: oh no woody allen because, would have made, woody allen would have made my list in all honesty thank yeah, god for, thank god for gene wilder
1: <laughs> yeah
0: so so when i uh put out the... I, if
1: if i could have substituted depth for maybe wilder or eric idol because they don't they don't really have as many credits per se anyway
0: yeah
1: um and uh that would give a special citation to Michael Crawford, but he didn't do a ton of films.
0: Right. All I can think of at the top of my head is uh, Once Upon a Forest. Yeah. Uh, um, A funny thing happened to me on the way mm-hmm. to the forum and yeah. uh, Condor Man.
1: Did a bunch of movies with Richard Lester. Okay. And the other one people know anymore is for his movies is Hello Dolly, partially oh. because of Wally.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. When it comes to. um. But I will give the uh, Cinema st- Snob uh, credit on his 1981 video. Yeah, He did kind of make, well, he got Oliver Reed and Contour Man, so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, yeah, I really do have to get around to watching that, um, so. The, the
1: trouble is, you have to either so join up with Disney's movie club to get a DVD copy at this point, or you have to rent it on YouTube, which is what I did last year, and that's pretty much a VHS rip, and it looks terrible.
0: Well, that's weird. It's a rental because there's so many stuff that you can just illegally watch (laughs) on YouTube. I can see that. there's a lot
1: of stuff you can legally rent.
0: Yeah, He has a
1: lot of that stuff, but with Condor Man, that movie was clearly framed for Panavision.
0: Right. Well, what I'm saying is, like, I've watched um, movies on YouTube for this podcast. Yeah. Uh, Like, um, Kayfabe, which... uh, Kayfabe, the totally true story of the untrue true story of professional wrestling and uh a great film called low which made the top 10 list um on youtube and no the rips weren't good you can still rent low on netflix dvd uh and i could probably make a better rip from that but uh i digress
1: i know they can do i know they can do better with youtube because Back in January, I was trying to watch it on Pluto TV, but uh, 1974 Mystery on the Orient Express. But trying to watch it on demand, I couldn't get the, you know, you try to watch those on demand, it's very hard to fast forward or anything. So I bit the bullet and I rented it to uh, get the last 15, 20 minutes in. Mm -hmm. And it looked fine. Okay. It looked it looked pretty much how it would look on, uh, you know, watching it on Pluto or something. Well, it, it, so it's, I know well, they can do better. Yeah, well. With the quality of what they have for rental.
0: Right. No, that's what I'm more or less getting offended by uh, Google or uh, YouTube. It's like, dude, I can watch VHS rips of about any movie on YouTube. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. I, I'm not going to pay for a rent on a VHS rip. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, but so when I proposed, I just needed a guess because, you know, me bullshitting for two weeks and granted last week's episode wasn't really bullshitting as I'm trying to preserve episodes so that I don't know what will happen if I, if, and when I change a uh, podcast distributors, uh, the, mm-hmm. the mega, like, dang it, why didn't I start doing that more often? The mega podcast <laughs> instead of just like, um, you know, getting your space balls and the, which like the fun thing you think with space balls is like, you already did space balls. Can we do it again? Give it time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, response. Um, it's it was a... really
1: fun. Uh, Spaceballs was really fun because on New Year's Day, uh, Turner Classic Movies usually runs a bunch of sci fi movies at some point. Mm-hmm. And this year they decided, well, we'll just do a bunch of comedies in prime time. Okay. So they started it with Spaceballs, and I was with the TCM party hashtag crowd, and it went over really well. I'm noticing, and and I realized something. Somebody pointed out, you know, it's interesting that in Spaceballs, there's no direct analog to Luke Skywalker. Well, that's like Lone Star is more of a composite of Luke and Han Solo, and that works because I pointed out part of the reason the movie works is that they didn't try to just do one-to-one parodies of every single character and plot point we associate with star wars so Mm -hmm. it has more room to breathe as an actual story
0: oh yeah well and it goes back to my argument about why people like oh uh especially you know starting a new job i'm you know getting oh you do movies what are you what's this what's this And you know 90 minutes well that seems limited well i'm obviously a star wars guy oh yeah i checked out off the after the prequels which usually comes from a fellow you know a millennial uh an older millennial or a gen xer it's Mm -hmm. like no the only reason the prequels aren't that much fun is because there's no han solo in it there's no scoundrels. it's watching a bunch of monks and (laughs) uh you know it's like you yeah, are not even... like the
1: cool kung fu kind of monks you see in some movies.
0: Uh I wouldn't say necessarily <laughs> say that. I think pretty much the cool monks are all grounded in the uh, Jedi Order type stuff.
1: Yeah. But
0: you but you get fun scoundrels in the in those movies. And there's no Han Solo in the prequel, so you mm-hmm. don't have a scoundrel. And that's what made yeah. that's what made Guardians of the Galaxy's first feature so great was well, basically everybody's a scoundrel yeah so yeah it's um so that's uh but you know going moving on to you know how we got to this podcast recording it's basically like my kevin smith podcast ended up getting canceled last minute no offense to Um. that guest uh you know life happens i just wish i had the life (laughs) where i could cancel random stuff uh instead of the instead of like oh yeah i screwed up time zones or right yeah but um no you just so you said oh yeah i'm free sunday and it's like okay cool what are we talking about and she said potluck and it's sort
1: of okay so it's like
0: i did go to imdv and research potluck i think there's a 2012 short film where you got potluck and you got a certain little leaf in the uh poster (laughs) for a film with no plot description on imdb well i was but yeah
1: so i was giving i was just trying to come up with something on the fly
0: yes exactly i got you
1: and with that in mind i was thinking you know we have a there's a lot of stuff going on right now and Um, we've got the oscars in a week yep and i'm getting frustrated because there's Like a zillion streaming services, and most of this year's big contenders aren't on the the ones I have or I have access to.
0: Well, let's, yeah, I I just have. Well, I can offer you my Shutter uh, account information. Maybe there's something. (laughs) I don't think that
1: can help me. Right? (laughs)
0: No, I'm just... just. I'm just I'm just kidding. You know, if I didn't have
1: Criterion, I would probably look into Shutter for, you know, that kind of boutique streaming need.
0: Uh, you know, really you should just go if you're going into Shutter, I would probably just get the AMC Plus membership because that also gives you IFC Plus and Shutter. Mm-hmm. If I'm reading it correctly. It sounds too good to be true. Um but no, Shutter's just a fun service when you have the yeah. likes. I mean, I've that's...
1: heard, I've heard virtually nothing but good things.
0: Yes, and yeah, but as I say, I think AMC Plus because um, Allie was talking about because I tried accessing Netflix one night having her credentials, and you know how Netflix is now cracking yeah. down, which is mm-hmm, like, exactly you're not offering what got us to Netflix. <laughs> uh, why are you now deter? You know, telling us don't go to Netflix. <laughs> i mean it's just silly oh, it's
1: okay. but of the 10 best picture nominees the only one i've seen so far is elvis mm-hmm. and hbo max does have the banshees of uh, sharon i think that yeah Irithin. i i, have not I mean i'll probably get it. around to that mm-hmm. try to anyway yep. but the other nominees are all on other services right
0: Yep, yeah, and uh yeah i mean uh recently like you know i bought an itunes gift card for to purchase the wrestling pay-per-view tonight and mm-hmm. um then it's like okay well i put 75 dollars on it. what's on itunes right now it's end up getting a lot of you know oh well you know i a to clear out dvd space which is not necessarily true it's like I really want Black Cauldron in in 4K and I really want <laughs> Tron in 4K I still keep does, the other
1: but isn't Disney Plus streaming those
0: yes but if I took the time to buy it once I see what you're saying um, but Banshees was only 5 bucks which was like right.
1: I still and, need to get around to Crimes of the Future to be honest I've, well, I've got a few newer releases I need to get to
0: well with that said, you know, I'll uh, next time I'm in town, you know, I think I've it's I think I've installed your TV with my Apple uh account information and so it's in there. Um
1: Well, yeah, next time you come over, see if we can do something or else I'll just try and get a physical copy.
0: Oh yeah, but as I say, I think it's uh if you go to Apple TV, it's not mm-hmm. Apple TV plus obviously, which I've started listening to the um problem podcast with Jon Stewart so it's like oh and as a football fan real football it's like I do have to get around the Ted Lasso and so it's Mm -hmm. silly stuff like why did I not actually take advantage of that year of Apple Plus when I uh upgraded to my Apple my iPhone 11 um Mm -hmm. yeah which um, but so, yeah, Ali was, as I say, they're cracking down on passwords on Netflix. And it's like, uh, you know, I haven't taken the time to look at the complete list of best picture nominees. Um, but for me to expect that Netflix had, like, I don't know. I don't hear, I don't see score. I didn't hear anything about Scorsese or, and offering a movie on Netflix. I don't think they're in the running. Mm. So yeah, it's just a very weird time though. It's like um But doing all this, it's like, okay, I gotta try to be on the same page as Rory. So um let's see what she's watched on her letterbox. And thankfully that made me allow me to discover the watch TCM app, which is pretty much for people who have uh cable or satellite. Yeah. So yeah, I've been able to get that. So I can I can kind of play around with the TCM parties because it does have a live feed on it. As I say, it's basically yeah. a cable channel. Um, like TNT and TPS. Right. So and uh so it's like, eh, eh, I don't know. Don't know about that one. And it's like, oh the Ritz sounds interesting, and then actually the I have it mic- went
1: over really well. It was part of the last night of the uh the star of the month for February was Rhea Moreno. Mm -hmm. so this was the part of the last night which was some of her 70s and 80s movies
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and uh the ritz that it's a later richard lester film okay and this was he did it the same year as robin and marion and this was right before he you know this was kind of in the downtime between the stuff he was doing for the salkheims with the uh three musketeers duology on Mm -hmm. the one end and the later in the superman two and three on the other
0: yeah we really got to get the word duology back into the uh lexicon <laughs> so people don't know no trilogies no trilogies <laughs> duologies um yeah so i'm looking through that and then i see i think it was may have been maybe i'm watching this on I. it's in my peripheral and i'm not really paying attention to the boobs and black people walking out of the cleavage and the flashing orange lights. If you know what movie I'm talking about. Uh Space is the place.
1: Yeah. This is part of the uh Afrofuturism collection that Criterion has just put up.
0: Right. Actually I this mean, is I think it's on HBO Ma- I think it's yeah. HBO Max, but Yeah. Mm-hmm. That too. Um so yeah I got that going in my peripheral so that's yeah. total out of context stuff and there's the white people so it's going to get more awkward this is giving me yeah. some very putney swope vibes
1: yeah the, um, this is basically be- between a uh, black exploitation/afrofuturism slash Afrofuturism film
0: yeah I, yep Kinda, um, it,
1: hmm. it's um uh, very interesting and it's very clearly constrained by an extremely low budget
0: Right, but I could I see a lot of stargate stuff in it.
1: Yeah, it's a little morality play. Mm -hmm. Uh this was one of a few film projects by the fusion jazz artist Sun Ra.
0: Uh yeah. Who going
1: if you look at the Wikipedia, he really was this eccentric.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, it's uh oh just reminds me of uh weekend update. Get to round to last nights so if you when you can. Um lot a lot of fun stuff, especially with the Dilbert <laughs> stuff. And Dil Dilbert makes an appearance. <laughs> um so yeah, it's like, okay, I could watch this, I could catch up with us, but going back to my iTunes, it's like I think I just bought, let's see, what were they? Um The Black Cauldron, Tron um as i say i'm trying to either clear out my dvds or it's like lacks special features i'm gonna you know i i, you know, I still want to see it in a higher than four uh for 80 yeah that's the term uh so going to primary no wrong count well there we go uh dang it come on okay there we go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, what were the one of the titles? Okay, yeah. So, bought high fidelity, which more, which really makes me hate the fact that I haven't gotten around to the grifters yet, was since it's Steven Freer's. Um, and um, the other one was Inside Llewellyn Davis, because oh, no. uh, uh, I don't, I don't suspect the Cohen brothers are gonna throw stingers on their uh, at the end of their movies. so yeah this should count um so yeah it's a uh, that was actually something at, at work somebody when I told them about the podcast well how long is um oh, fargo and i said eh, i think it's a little too long but that's like the perfect movie <laughs> it's like you know i get it but i the coen brothers like for the most part like Blood Simple's a perfect movie, if not too perfect. This is your freshman out outing, guys. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of backlash on Hail Caesar. Like, I, am I the only guy who likes the inside Hollywood bullshit of that feature?
1: <laughs> I think David Merrick, the Broadway producer, once said that the reason the musical Gypsy was not as popular as expected for all the acclaim, and it, and you know, it's had. Is that people uh, don't care about the... Pro- the ordinary person does not care about the problems of show people.
0: Oh, I could see that. Like, um, I mean, we all agreed, like, eh, the lady... Like, I think more people had fun with the lady killers, but it's like... And it's probably the Coen Brothers' worst movie. Which mm-hmm. is saying something, because as I say, I like the lady killers, but... Uh, lady
1: Killers has the what one thing working against that is it is a remake.
0: Yes, I, I acknowledge that too, but yeah. what when, else can you get J.K. Simmons sparring with <laughs> Marlon Wayans? I don't think you're going to get that in Glorious, which has finally got its iTunes release. But I have Shudder, mm-hmm. so... All right, just pouring myself a on the rocks martini, and I have my uh uh Chromebook with the quote from The Simpsons. In the event that I do not dig it, and it's not the oh, the kiss of death, what else could I need today? Um, so that's uh, so going back to my iTunes, so it's like I'm going through this, and it's like, well. What's going on? Otherwise, four ninety nine stuff, and then I see this. Uh, so instead of watching a movie that Rory has watched recently, I found a movie on iTunes for sale. I did not purchase it because it's still it's on Tubi from twenty twenty two called Death Count, <laughs> which is uh yeah I know I've done a lot for the Saw franchise with this podcast. So I keep getting good feedback about those episodes, <laughs> but and that it was a uh, Costas more Mandalore which my mom seems that mom has a, has a fascination with the actor. I haven't directed her to the Saw movies, but he, he was one of the he was the primary antagonist of the last uh the second trilogy and the 3D movie. So it's kind of like, oh, this is a torture porn movie and we got him at he's the antagonist. Yay! Low budget low budget Saw. Cool. Which was fun. Um. The only sad thing about it and like blood rain <laughs> is Michael Madsen took the, took the job. So yeah. that So that was my last night. <laughs> um, and fortunately today, my cat was at rather Ava was rather kind and let me sleep in, or I am truly exhausted from a 60, uh, 60 hour work week. <laughs> but, And she's been acting very weird since I think she's trying to fill the void of Skimble. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, you didn't mind his annoying shit. Like, you're a queen kitty, Ava. You were, you know, you just needed worship. And now it's like, well, somebody's got to go and trash the place. (laughs) Like, No, no, we did not need the place being trashed. (laughs) But, yeah. Uh, She's just... Yep.
1: Well, What I'm trying to get at is mm. thinking about things like trying to see the Oscar nominees or okay, right, what's available where. I thought it's interesting to consider where we are in terms of accessibility to titles and where we watch movies and how. At this,
0: well, what I think story. about it, um, even
1: the theatricals about it, but
0: well, what I was thinking about because recently there's a um episode of and they're gonna do a second part uh next week from the um not a strong part cad uh not a strong start podcast uh which i think is produced by a guest of the former guest of the show um jorge i'm sorry sorry george it it, uh i don't know cultures um george um did take a part in this and they were ranking the last 10 best picture winners. Yeah. And, you know, I think everything seems to be more fun towards the top of it. Uh, But I think it comes down to, I think Beck's picture. And I think it's a good thing. In my opinion is this is where, you know, for the most part, or at least back in the good old days of five nominees.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, This is where the art is. This is cinema with a capital C. If I learned anything from my literature courses, of literature with a lowercase l and a capital L, um, and it's supposed to be impactful, which everybody says, "Oh yes, this movie, like Twelve Years a Slave, boom, you know, gut punch and all that." And it's like, but you know, I'm never going to go back to it. It's like, but but this is kind of the point. It's like, I mean. I'm a masochist, so yes, I can. I'm more than happy to take uh, numerous punches to the gut. I I shoot malort before the show, or during the show now, actually, but I digress. <laughs> um, but no, it's like, really, if you're going to go to Paris, you want to go to the Louvre, you want to see the Mona Lisa. Are you going to make that your? Well, I better go and get around to seeing the Mona Lisa once a year. <laughs> no that's not the point and i think when it comes to the streaming services obviously with accessibility as you were stating it's like this isn't going to get a lot of watch rewatches. so yeah. I, I i can understand that and also with my uh itunes wandering uh marcel De shell has now gotten down to 13 dollars, and they were saying that was a special price i think it's going to be the permanent price on that so I know you saw my cell, correct? No. Oh, I thought you. I thought I saw somewhere the little, no. talk, the little talking shell.
1: No. No, huh?
0: Heard nothing but brilliant things about that, so I'm pulling for it. Despite I haven't even looked at any animated nominees, in all honesty.
1: Well, no, the animated nominees this year. Let me look it up.
0: Yeah, I'm working on that too. <laughs> all right. Ava, make some noise! Don't need this dead air. That's the problem. Ava's still not a talkative kitty. All right. Well, Pinocchio well, nominees for... are Yep,
1: Guillermo Del Toro's Pinocchio. Yep, uh, Marcel Deschamps, Puss mm. in Boots, Two, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red.
0: Well, Sea Beast is what I got to get around to. Obviously. That's Netflix. Okay, well, so much for that. You got your only nominee, and I'm not going to watch it. Thank you.
1: Well, Pinocchio's also Netflix, only. Yes, Otherwise, but that's I check that out.
0: Yeah, but it's kind of like, well, it's Guillermo del Toro. I mean, it's like, if it seems like he's doing something right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, it,
1: but that's the thing. Apparently, Netflix has made some good animated features. I wouldn't know.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah. No, nope, twenty dollars a month is not worth finding out.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh I mean they like I don't you know it's weird. I'm gonna have to start searching the since I still have Netflix DVD and I guess now's the time, which is ridiculous because it's like bad library stuff, you know. Maybe yeah. libraries should just charge five dollars a month and avoid this late V stuff. Which is what I have with Netflix. It's like, okay, I get two discs a month for five bucks. Yeah, not in the quite in the mood to break down the entire film, filmography of. Let me go through all the titles: The Painmaker, The Oat Show, The Demo God, The Lion Heart, The Role Model, Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm only one movie away. I guess I have to watch Terrifier to justify watching Terrifier 2, but, you know, I digress. Uh, so future podcasts, there will be the Chris Jericho <laughs> filmography. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, but it's but with that all said, it's kind of like, well, if Netflix DVD is still the thing, then surely they're going to put their movies on DVD, which they don't, at least from a, working at a re one of the few retailers where you get a decent dvd selection
1: <laughs> right um no criterion does have an arrangement with certain netflix with to get certain netflix titles out there like roma and the irishman right and marriage story but there's still a lot of stuff that's fallen through the cracks so far like there's no physical release of jim and andy the great beyond there's no physical release of dolomite is my name
0: oh that's criminal
1: yeah the the latter especially uh
0: yes no i I was about to say i wasn't saying no offense to jim uh, Jim carrey (laughs) how the fudge did avatar the way of water get a nominee nation
1: oh the best picture. picture uh Well, it's a very popular movie that many people greatly enjoy.
0: Uh, But that's just it. No, (laughs) that's what I liked about the best. Like, you can say, oh, the best picture was pointless. Nobody watched the movies. It's like a little bit of elitism, please.
1: (laughs) Well, that's not fair because even in past decades it's not necessarily elitism a lot of it is how how much you can afford to push for the campaign a lot of its industry politics and a lot of it is some specialized tastes among the voters that the people at large don't have i mean sometimes you get really lucky and you get some really interesting lineups because if you look at a lot of the 1980s lineups like roughly the first half of the decade there's a lot of That's a really interesting mix of these really popular movies and then the more eat your veggies sort of films.
0: Yeah, but that's kind of what I appreciate about the Oscars. It told you the veggies you should be eating.
1: Well, no, I don't. That's not a bad thing Mm. at all. And but it did be. But it's not always what you we, should be eating so much as what they want you to think they should be eating. It's not always an honest assessment.
0: Well, no, that that obviously oh. came with the late '90s and the Weinstein money. The what? The Weinstein, the Weinstein money in the late, yeah, late '90s.
1: Yeah, that really, that really start, that really started screwing things up.
0: Yeah, but, but. I mean, um, I mean, I look at the Academy Award for Best Picture this year, and it's like, uh, okay. Triangle of Sadness, cool. Uh, women Talking, yep. Tar, yep. Everything, everywhere, and all at once, yeah. All Quiet on the Western Front, Banshee Severe Machine. I got five movies that I can cut out of this <laughs> Top Gun Maverick, no. Elvis, no. Avatar, no. Uh, Fableman's no, um, so maybe that's only four, so but you well, know what I'm getting at.
1: Well, yeah, but you haven't even seen all these movies. I haven't
0: seen all these movies. No, I'm not saying I have, but I'm, what I'm saying is I know box office, obviously, Top Gun Maverick and Avatar, yeah, and I know uh, Faith Spielberg just getting a bone thrown at him, which I mean. People either love or just like are right, not nah, to the Fable men's. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elvis, it's like, come on. Baz Lerman, I just don't think it, I think it's an overrated director. And I don't. I don't think he I don't think he's an overrated director because most of people are like, Oh, it's a Baz Lerman affair. I mean, I've heard more people go on about his stuff before Romeo and Juliet than...
1: Yeah, like, strictly ballroom. He didn't do a ton of stuff before Romeo and Juliet, I
0: know, life. but it's like, everybody says, well, that's the good stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's sort of how, uh, if you look at the Danny Boyle filmography, I don't think at this point anyone would put people to put slumdog millionaire in the top five
0: oh i'd still put no. slumdog is a perfect movie i i mean my my only problem with slumdog is a problem i have with danny boyle's is that his best movies have a shit scene in it uh with train spotting it's being spud's accent spread across his girlfriend's family and um in slumdog are Protagonist as a child jumping through a outhouse <laughs> toilet to get an autograph. <laughs> like, I don't need that much poo. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, that's the entire reason I did not, uh, never got around to the when Harry met Lloyd. <laughs> I hear Bob Saget just like it was on Comedy Central, probably in a, uh, during my, during a break when I was in call center work and, him screaming about all this shit <laughs> like yep yeah, nope, now I'm totally not it <laughs> so
1: but no uh, generally when I'm looking into movies I really want to put on my watch list that I might not check out otherwise given my tastes I've, re- I've come to find that going by, by the major Oscar nominees in a given year usually isn't going to work
0: yeah, I can say that. I can agree to that.
1: Like you look at the 1988 Best Picture lineup, and it it's kind it's very meh.
0: Um, not I'm pulling up now. Um,
1: uh, the nominees that year were Rain Man, which was the winner, uh, The Accidental Tourist, Dangerous Liaisons, Mississippi Burning, and Working Girl,
0: and no, sorry, yeah, I was about to say holy, holy shit, Joe Astonos has a movie that uh, the, I, I forgot that it's you had to put a year ahead when I did my Google search, but Fatal Attraction got a Best Picture nominee? Yeah, it yeah. was a
1: really big deal.
0: Huh. Uh, okay, whatever.
1: Well, there are some really interesting nominees in a lot of the 80s years, but Well, Working
0: working Girl, I mean, geesh. Working Girl
1: is the sort of film I wish I liked more than I did. Mm. Because I've seen all five of these. Yeah. And Melanie Griffith just doesn't work for me. And unfortunately, if you can't attach Uh, yourself to that,
0: i got and something like, wild that's about all i can say yeah, for it's Melanie kind of Durka. like a
1: black hole that drags everything down
0: somebody's watched bonfire ever... of the vanities Well,
1: there <laughs> were a lot of problems with that movie. But... i know but
0: i'm just throwing that out there as a statement that's all <laughs>
1: but uh well with working girl you had this really great supporting cast going for it
0: um yeah, well, no, Sigourney we It's the sort of thing Harrison where you do Ford. wish yeah. Harrison
1: Ford did some more comedies.
0: Well, it the problem, like, I, I'm more curious, when is Harrison Ford going to get his Lifetime Achievement Oscar?
1: Yeah, that's kind of surprising. It's I never mean, come to that, isn't it?
0: Well, especially after Samuel L. got his.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, he's not going to be a great speech, but uh, he's going to be there. <laughs> that's my mark hamill doing harrison ford yeah
1: but um you know working girl this is the kind of movie i wish i liked more than i did
0: i know that was mom's but, probably mom's favorite of the five
1: mm-hmm. uh dangerous liaisons was kind of a disappointment again maybe it's the i don't it's something about glenn close that doesn't work for me
0: no she was she was on a tear she definitely i yeah. i mean i know yeah. i know you're yeah glenn Clote. uh for me it's not glenn claros it was um my actress it just seems bad to me and i will state as i've opened up my um on the rocks premium cocktails the manhattan that it is not uh the same man- manhattan that uh was served to the uh head of the mafioso in The Simpsons. It is not dry it's not flat flavorless. <laughs> uh so no oh, um who No, um there's an actress who just really puts me off. And I'm not saying and and I, I and I'm saying that's me. It's not not the actress. Um It's uh oh Marsha Gay Hard like mm. that that's like oh geez uh, I I guess it's it might be that bullshit that they said on the um the Family Guy when um like Brian made a comment at Stewie and it's like oh yes you were staring that uh, at that Variety magazine with Glenn Close. She is a very handsome woman. (laughs) I know Glenn Glenn Close has gone and done the uh, family guy. And I'm probably sure Marsha Gay Harden has too. But it's like. And honestly, with Marsha Gay Harden, it's more of the role she plays, I suppose, that I know beyond Pollock. uh, Right. The the, dangerous uh...
1: liaisons. I got all this hype going in as. For being kind of as sexy as a that sort of a costume drama can be.
0: Yeah, no.
1: Because if, if yeah. you're not for those not familiar with the storyline, you may be familiar with the movie Cruel Intentions, which is actually based on the same source material.
0: I uh, yeah, I was familiar with that. <laughs> oh yeah, no I mean it's
1: the same basic story. Well but, i mean,
0: it, I guess it's kind of along the lines of say, um, what was Scorsese's um period piece? Uh Renona Ryder.
1: Um Um, age of innocence which i
0: like yeah but i'm just saying it's kind of like i don't know maybe it's just uh i don't know maybe we just outgrown the period piece
1: i don't know if it's that there are some i really enjoyed but uh i really enjoy but it's a tricky form to pull off
0: yeah, especially
1: well, I think part of the problem was acting became as acting became more naturalistic, right? Sort of heightened approach than a lot of older period pieces took didn't take. The thing about Dangerous Liaisons is that the supporting cast is quite good. Oh and yeah, there's there's an early Peter Capaldi appearance. Keanu Reeves is in there.
0: Yep, uh, yeah, and they're
1: all and they're all lively and fun to watch. Oh, and, and you I'm have
0: all- Malkovich. Oh, I'm sorry. he
1: doesn't really get to tear it up in that one
0: uh well he really i have to
1: wonder what it would have been like if this was if the actor who played the role on stage which was alan Rickman, oh
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah he did the show on stage
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and then
1: now i like rain man enough right i see why that movie was as popular as it was Mm. and it you know it it was fair for its time and how it depicted autism. Although, you know, nowadays it kind yeah, um, yeah. of.
0: Yeah. It's a hidden
1: misrepresentation because most of us don't have the savant skills depicted in this film.
0: I, but well. There's a I've lot of gets I've right. Seen, yeah, right, well, though,
1: I mean, about the I'll, I'll experience, give you... but also how how you relate to neur- a person relates to neurotypicals is still intriguing.
0: Right. Well, I mean the thing with uh high end, um, which isn't all that savant stuff is um mm-hmm. is that uh, you know people oh uh, I'd say it about you know co workers have had you like you know talking about my elder sister well she has Asperger's which I know is a word we're not trying to a name we're trying to disassociate with it, which I think is a good thing. You know, um autism is autism hmm um but um you know like oh yeah i have that it's like yeah i can tell that <laughs> um i don't you know i didn't mean that as an insult towards him it's more like uh goes back to the classic joke on um big bang theory i am not crazy my mother had me test it <laughs> and then it's like oh they're not crazy they're just weird okay we can live with that no you gotta help you know you gotta help them along uh but you know you they, they you know and, and i think that's again why a lot of them a lot of autistic people end up in acting is because it's assigned roles and dare i say that's probably why i'm more comfortable in a customer service field is because i am playing a role mm-hmm. uh no uh with that said there's a total disclaimer no i actually genuinely care about all of your concerns when you come to my desk <laughs> um yeah so it's um
1: but going back to Raymond, i see why that won yes because it wasn't i mean it was this gigantic box office hit too
0: right no it's you now Cru- it's like tom it, cruise at his peak
1: yeah it's kind of everything came together at that one point
0: And I should say, as it was. And I say, as I say, Tom Cruise at his peak, I'm saying, oh, genuine Tom Cruise at his peak. Mm Mm-hmm. I I see
1: what you're saying.
0: Yeah, as a professional wrestler, I appreciate him breaking his bones every movie. (laughs) But I am not, like, I don't know. I, like, Mission Impossible 4 was when it peaked for me. I think it's all just better acted Fast and Furious bullshit after... (laughs) after ghost protocol where's and, my and now i'm just more disappointed like well where's my jeremy renner spy movies i like the mm-hmm. Bourne legacy i like ghost protocol
1: yeah and looking at the other nominees my favorite of the five is is the accidental
0: tourist yes just probably
1: the one that's the least talked up now
0: yeah well you say that but it's kind of like i think uh filmies kind of hold it as the highest
1: i don't know eh. i mean a lot of people really like dangerous liaisons
0: no, And working I, girl
1: has much has the more vocal following i think
0: yeah but i'm just saying it's more of the subtle subtle fan you know
1: oh yeah that accidental tourist is not the flashiest movie ever right <laughs> you know it's it's led by william hurt and well, we have to put that aside. Put it; it's a little awkward now because we learned this is another case where most of us didn't realize what a rot, lousy person the guy was until after he died. Oh
0: uh, you see, I never really I, awkward. See, I didn't know about the William Hurt per, after his death stuff.
1: Yeah, well, a- after he died, it, uh, Marley Madeline has a lot to say about him. I'll put it that way. Apparently not the only person.
0: Mm, let's see. He's just so great and a uh, history of violence. Uh, personal life. Yeah, hurt Mary ninety one. Private pilot. He did Marley Benton for one year. They cohabitate two. I'll scream later, man. This should involve involved Houston people. No, I mean um uh, that's that's one of those why didn't we ask ex- i'm sorry to uh marley matlin uh it's one of those uh society it smacked up there pardon my french I will edit that later mm-hmm. um yeah we should have known about that that in two thousand nine like we should have taken that very seriously in two thousand nine not after his death <laughs> it,
1: uh, it's Getting very frustrating whenever any major public figure dies at this point that it's only then that a lot of this stuff finally gets some real
0: air yeah, right even and, if it's
1: been talked about before
0: well that's just it it's like okay yeah uh, well i'm just saying this isn't um who's that um uh jimmy savile yeah where it's like, oh, now we find out he's a creep after he's dead.
1: Yeah, that, uh, that's partially because it w- a lot of it was covered up for a long time.
0: No, no, obviously. But I'm just saying, like, uh, Marley Matlin had her book released, yeah. where she said all that stuff. We didn't take it seriously. It's like, mm-hmm. we're so quick, at least back then, uh, you know, to and when you look, going mm-hmm. back to Johnny Depp, <laughs> it's like, no, there's still people who, no, 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 he's fine. <laughs> no, no, and you
1: rarely ever hear the reverse where the where somebody was having a really hard time of it, and you don't learn until later that they were re- they were really they were really getting the short end of the straw in life.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's like again, it's like no, we shouldn't have thought about this shit when he died. We should have like. We gotta, we gotta take, we gotta take accusations seriously to begin with, but Mm -hmm. the entire, the entire Amber Heard, Johnny Depp saga proves that we aren't ready for that, sadly. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure if we took Amber, if we took, if we, if it wasn't for Johnny Depp fangirl, fan, fandom, we would have taken, you know, we, Amber Heard might have come out on the other side. yeah. So yeah, it was um yeah, it's just total and then I see that he died of prostate cancer, which is pretty pretty preventable. So it's kinda like, I guess we'll call that a win. <laughs> Sorry, William Hurt. I don't wish death upon anybody. Limp the rest of your life. Yeah, I'm I'm for that. And um
1: and the wet way- Okay. Well, let's yeah. not talk about cancer and all that. We gotta get back cool. to the And the last of the Best Picture nominees for 88 was Mississippi
0: Burning. Right, which is your classic message movie from a movie poster look.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it's not just that. It's uh, one of the one of there was a big run of movies at the end of the 80s that were related to and the turn of the 90s that were related to uh, that were more or less period pieces about the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. and or there were a string of movies around this time about south african apartheid yes which are like semi-period pieces Mm -hmm. and uh mississippi burning is basically one of the subgenre of how white people solve racism movies
0: yes yeah i yeah sadly i don't think we've gotten out of that
1: No, we haven't, but this is is one of the more egregious examples of that in terms of how it very much centers the white people.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, we can't relate to black people. We shouldn't even be living with them. (laughs) Not my thoughts.
1: (laughs) This is where basically the the white people get the personalities and the black people are basically the faceless masses on the side
0: yeah yeah uh, i mean and, thank thank god for glory the next year i suppose at least it like i remember morgan freeman and denzel more than i remember matthew broderick and carrie ellis
1: mm-hmm. but yeah but that says a lot too about what the priorities were and with, when you look at the 1988 nominees but this also goes to show that what often gets there isn't, isn't the, it's more like what the Academy's comfortable with. Because if you were going to put a Willem Dafoe movie up at the top for 1988. we
0: Yes, it, it'd it be the passion. It would not
1: have been Mississippi uh, Burning. Yes,
0: no. It'd, it'd be uh, a oh, Last Temptation of Christ, yes. Uh, but thinking of Willem Dafoe. Uh, I recently watched a video today um, on YouTube from wrestle Talk. Uh, actually, it was probably their sister channel, Parts Fun Known, um, of worst WrestleMania entrances. And they brought up the fact that, oh, you're winning a champion. You're winning tonight. Get a cool entrance. You're losing tonight. Get your uh, get your live. You get your theme music played live. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like after um it's kind of making me think well that's what wrestling needs more of now i'm not saying weekly but yes live musical performance that's probably another reason i dislike uh music movie musicals for the most part or <laughs> is like yeah no it doesn't fit the narrative but you know streets of fire <laughs> like that's what I want for re- I know Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Triple H, Paul Levesque um has a heart condition that won't let him wrestle again. But we're leaving money on the table if we don't get the Will Fer- uh sorry. Sorry, Willem Defoe. The Willem Defoe versus Triple H sledgehammer fight.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like that no Streets of Fire. Now I'm further appreciating that movie. It's like Yes, we could use a musical number to build up this anticipation. <laughs> so, like there's a there's a uh, Japanese wrestler. She was a former Japanese pop I- idol. Um uh, mm-hmm. Maki, Maki Ito. So when yeah. she got when she got kicked out of her girl group, probably for being too old or some shit like that. <laughs> she went into wrestling and she sings her entire entrance music <laughs> live. I mean, God, God, appreciate that.
1: Streets of Fire was very popular in Japan.
0: I did not know that. Yeah, it was
1: a major inspiration for, I think, uh, I think Bumblegum Crisis.
0: I could see that. Uh, Well, I'm only only familiar with 2040, but I can definitely see that. Uh, When I was looking for gifts to share on my most recent postings online for um, that podcast about B Fest from a couple of weeks ago, I um like okay Willem Defoe, Streets of Fire, and the f- popular meme that comes up is basically Willem Defoe's walking into the flames in his mm-hmm. leather loose leather or uh, leather suspenders with his grin, and um, I think it was Sephora from. <laughs> Final Fantasy 7 doing a similar thing. Yeah. But, but
1: uh, no. Streets of Fire did pretty well in Japan and was an inspiration for looking looking up this stuff. Bubblegum Crisis and the original Final Fight.
0: Oh, definitely. There's a lot of people screaming that for Final Fight. It's like, <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, obviously, if it's the creator's sense of view, good, but i mean this the the premise yeah oh, I the, cre- that. the
1: creators have said yes this yeah was, no the, the... that's why the main characters have the same name cody
0: oh i did not research <laughs> that because all right yeah and you know
1: it's about a kidnapping
0: <laughs> yes yes yeah fi- like i'm just glad i still like when i purchased a super nintendo uh, classic and it's like what games are on this all all winners cool and i can sell these di- i can sell these old physical copies and then it's like and then i'm watching a what culture video games list and it's like oh characters you can't see anymore because um the poison character like they had to go and play replace her with a male equivalent <laughs> and so, Poison's actually considered the first transgender character in video games, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh shoot, do I still have my copy of 19- of Super Nintendo Final Fight? Where that's the only place it is. Yes, good. <laughs> collector's item, something I'm not going to sell, but at least I, <laughs> at least I know if I have a drug addiction someday, <laughs> I will um do, do some Bob Saget for that <laughs> with that so
1: but what it comes down to is when you're dealing with award season you always have to take things with a grain of salt should be obvious but it isn't always to everybody
0: so with that said though um it's a co- comment a uh, cussing uh, suggestion on the rewatchables a podcast on the ringer network <laughs> and usually hosted by the guy who runs the entire network bill simmons That we really shouldn't have awards until five years after the movies come out. No. Well, I mean, it's basically justice for Val Kilmer not getting a supporting actor Oscar for Tombstone. But you know what I'm getting at. Like, really, what's the impact of the feature? I mean, let's just go back to 1999. Well, 99, honestly, I think American Beauty gets shat on too much, but Shakespeare in Love, probably not enough. (laughs) Which was my big thing about the uh, Spielberg draft. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like, I was all for Billy Ray Bruton saying, no, Jurassic Park does not deserve to be in the top 10. Yes! Justice for Westworld. And then he replaces when it got vetoed, he replaces it with saving Private Ryan.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Like, yes, that's a very appreciable Billy Ray Bruton move. But you didn't have to choose violence. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Fanboys, fan persons, I should say. It's better just to avoid them personally, but <laughs> then we wouldn't have podcast. <laughs> so honestly, it's fun talking about the 1988 um, Oscars. Or are we sorry? I guess those movies are technically well, they're 25 year olds years now, but it's kind of like eh, doesn't really fit in with Oscar 95. I think that's what they're promoting the Oscars this year as.
1: Yeah, ninety fifth
0: Oscars. Yeah, right. Well, I'm just saying, Oscars ninety five. It's like, yeah. Well, hopefully WrestleMania will call the next one forty. With that being said, but I digress. <laughs> that was something um, with uh, professional wrestling and like Vince McMahon hated naming, you know, numbering the um, WrestleManias because now they seem old. <laughs> it's like you know UFC's last card was two eighty five, <laughs> like. Age is really just a number, (laughs) so
1: Oscar. That also brings up uh, the ongoing mystery of, (laughs) um, what do you call it? The Oscar ceremony itself,
0: because, you know, I'm never look. I'm there to see the winners. I don't give a shit about. The the presentation. I mean, the winners is in I like the pro I personally like the political speeches, but usually it's because <laughs> it agrees with my politics. I mean, I'm sorry, Dinesh D'Souza is never gonna win a documentary, so I don't have to worry about that bullshit. <laughs> um which kind of makes me really disappointed that mom and dad actually went to see um Obama 2016 or something. The one, or Hillary, no, sorry. Hillary Clinton's America. Like, you do realize this guy just is going to prison, right? (laughs) So, but no, that's my statement. It's like, yes, I'm all for the speeches. (laughs) But I could care less about the musical numbers. It's kind of like, because I know they're going to not, like, Like the best musical number ever at the Oscars, as far as I'm concerned, is "Blame Canada," performed by Robin Williams. And we knew that was not going to win. So, and let's see what won the 1990. uh, What which Little Mermaid song won? Uh, "Under the Sea." Okay, that was okay, (laughs) but wasn't "Kiss the Girl" nominated? Yes. Oh gee, see? It's like and uh for Aladdin, did New uh Whole New World win? Yes. Oh, that's bullshit. Cause wasn't uh Friend Like Me nominated?
1: Yes, it was.
0: And wasn't that the best performance?
1: Yes, it was fine.
0: <laughs> okay, that's what I'm getting at. I don't need the pomp and circumstance aside from booing when they forget a name on the posthumous awards. So don't smeg up Tom Sizemore, is what I'm saying.
1: Well, the, at this point, the In Memoriam segments kind of become an embarrassment. For, for one thing, you only do about 30 to 40 names
0: then it's an embarrassment of riches.
1: <laughs> Does it, you, have to skip, you have to skip a lot of people.
0: Yes. No, you need a tragic death. Anne Hesh, Tom Sizemore. they should be good. Talking about eccentric movies, now I'm seeing the guy being rescued in... Uh, um space is the place <laughs> like all right i really don't know where the direction is going with this feature how is this a 71 and rotten tomatoes <laughs> and it's like oh you know these guys aren't actors <laughs> okay in memoriam
1: <laughs> uh Cause that was one of the most criticized parts of last year's telecast, because they were trying to do a gospel style number during the in memoriam. Oh as
0: well. no. And they no. were
1: giving and they were giving certain performers higher priorities than
0: others. Yeah. Oh, I mean last Oscars I watched was the 2020. So which I thought was an alright show. I don't think they really had a host for that one, did they? No. Yeah. So... Yeah.
1: It's pretty clear no one want really wants to host the Oscars anymore.
0: And I don't blame them. I mean, you're basically going to be held as a scapegoat for why it's not didn't work. Yeah. And it's like... No, it didn't work because either the movies aren't interesting or everything around the host was screwed up.
1: It's, it's I, sta-
0: tri- I stand by Oprah, Uma. I was Uma, tweeting
1: along okay. with last year's show and uh, it was general. the tone generally was that show was a disaster even before Will Smith did that thing.
0: <laughs> oh i did have fun with that when we were doing the podcast with gregory carl about that where he basically went to blame uh jada pink and smith and it's like i'm not saying i mean, no it's not jada pink and smith's problem it's will smith being a bitch uh but regardless he went it's like oh and it's like i guess i'm playing the entire uh youtube clip i've downloaded of all the smegs from Red Dwarf for a minute. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like they really should be like I know for ratings, they should really be not forming these crisis groups and everything. <laughs> you get a year that you're like this year, you can say, "Oh, it surely will not happen again."
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: and then it'll happen, and then it's like now it's a selling point. <laughs>
1: well no i can't remember the last time they put together a crisis team i think the last time was in 1989 well it was the show which was for the 88 movies yeah uh because yeah. they actually did this team afterwards because it went over <laughs> so badly
0: right but that was just a bad show <laughs> not 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 a emasculated (laughs) douchebag slapping somebody because he because his wife can't take a joke but bad yeah bad joke yeah this
1: but last year's show was pretty unhappy pretty unfortunate experience
2: well i yeah i mean it was it was largely
1: it was most it was a lot of it was just promoting things well, and but while you there's keep... always some element of promotion, uh, beyond, and I'm speaking beyond just the idea of the movies, uh, that they were that they basically insulted animated features that aren't made for children by basically acting like they don't exist.
0: Uh with that said, maybe it was a 20, technically a 2021 release, but. Where is Mad God's flowers? I don't know. I mean, if it wasn't 2021, I mean, this was the movie of 90 for Chill 2022. It's like, if it was a 2021 movie, oh, well, that is the problem with me having two screens at my hands. Uh, Best animated... Future 20... 20, 20. Uh, nominees. Okay, 2022. Uh, probably Raya and the Last Dragon was not worth it. Well, no, honestly, Mom watched Raya and liked it. So I guess that puts it ahead of Encanto. Um, but that's like no, like that's just i no, no honestly, screw the Oscars now. Where is Mad God's nomination? <laughs> I huh. wish
1: I could find the short lists and um, see what it would have been eligible for
0: well, mad god well i I suppose you could break it down the shorts, but. Mad God was 90 minutes. No. Yeah, I know what you're going for when I say all that. Oh, the shorts look pretty solid. That's at least 2022. Honestly, shorts are probably more meaningful than the features. That's the problem. Yeah, I'm the shorts seem more interesting than I would say the features.
2: Mm.
0: But I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that just goes to the fact that you have a documentary short category and it's like, maybe the messages are better served for, you know, 30 to 45 minutes instead of an hour and a half. I don't know it's but yeah no um, so I don't know with this this kind of observation it's kind of like the best movie to ever win best animated feature would be Spirited Away just because it does more for the entire genre of I mean the entire art of animation
2: mm-hmm
0: Yeah i don't even want to you know want to quit googling it's like what about 2000 where's perfect well no they didn't have the award in 2000 so no where's perfect blue all right <laughs> so. but
1: uh yeah they 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 intention they quasi-intentionally insulted adult animated features um mm-hmm. uh, and mostly because it was cross-promoting with disney again
0: right i don't know it's well there's this but also a lot state... it's of it's gotta the be jokes... off you gotta take it off abc i think is the thing
1: literally one's willing to pony up the money i think you have to pay a fee to broadcast the show
0: no i understand that and it's a good deal for disney i'm not questioning that i'm just saying it's like uh, the most recent screen drafts episode was the Independent Spirit Awards Best First Feature, which is really good. Uh, hmm.
1: Um, uh, but also, well, yeah, the tone of last year's show. A lot of people pointed out was a lot of the jokes were being made at the expense of the Best Picture nominees for being boring or too long or what have you. That didn't seem like they wanted to honor what was actually nominated. Instead, yeah. they were trying to do stuff like find some excuse to bring up Spider-Man No Way Home.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do need and to watch. The, that notor-
1: the Notorious Online Twitter vote.
0: Are they and... doing that this year? Or they no, they that?
1: no. it's clear that, wasn't, that was never going to work.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, bunch of assholes then. In honesty, because when I look at the 2022s, this is... Better than the twenty twenty three offers. I mean, Belfast overrated. Um West Side Story. I've heard great things. I mean, I know you're a fan, but I can see why again, why it's not in the top eleven Spielberg movies per screen drafts. <laughs> um King Richard Bullshit. Uh, Licorice Pizza might have just been a mandatory... Look, we respect Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> We're just not going to honor him. Don't look up. No, that should not have gotten a nomination. So again, that's my thing. Like, when you break down these 10 nominations, you obviously know 40 to 50% that don't actually deserve to be there.
2: hmm
0: So... And now that I'm looking at it, like I, I chose my Peoria Rivermen's quest for the championship over going to see Nightmare Alley at Ebert Fest in Black and White.
2: Uh huh.
0: Not gonna regret that because I got a championship out of it. <laughs> but you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. If you're gonna insult your best pictures, it's like. That means you're totally doing this bloody show for nothing but the ratings and it's like, don't you get it? Nobody watches TVs on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, okay, look. This should be on CBS. You at least know the TVs are on. (laughs) Per Family Guy. Mm -hmm. And now we turn to an episode of Jag. (laughs) Hey, I, I found the evidence that proves that. Honestly, is anybody watching this?
1: Yeah, retirees gives them some background noise.
0: How <laughs> you doing? Remember <laughs> How's that the 50s? <laughs>
1: Remember the 40s? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which kind of makes me think, oh, Mom would probably be watching the Oscars more. If it was on. <laughs> Ah, that's the problem with boomers. Some of them really embrace what the, what did my mother do?
1: Now, but, you know, looking ahead, this. I don't know.
0: I'm just saying when, what did my mother do? And my mom's joking about how grandma's laughing at her for having coffee every morning. It's like, yeah, you're a pack of cigarettes from being Yvonne. Do you want me to buy you a carton to amuse us? (laughs) Leave on mom's bedside? (laughs) I mean, Virginia Slims aren't that bad (laughs) for you. I mean, it takes 80 years of smoking them. (laughs) Okay. Enough making fun of my mom. She's not going to be on the podcast ever. I really would like to try getting dad on the show for Putney Swope. (laughs) i don't know that might but then that might break down like how did you become a union buster (laughs) sorry hey you called for a potluck (laughs) and my gosh i i really need to get stoned and watch space is the place i just don't think i'm appreciating the imagery in my peripheral without the (laughs) marijuana what what did you give that two and a half stars? Uh, yeah, yeah, which seems reasonable. <laughs>
1: I wanted to. It was another one I wanted to like more than I did, but right. the low budget really works against oh. it. It's looking like the some of the blocking is kind of Ed Wood. Level. Oh no
0: no no no! You're you're dead on there. So yeah, <laughs> I I think you're beyond warranted. And that's why she's the smartest mind in central Illinois cinema. Brad Jones, you may never come back come below I-80. <laughs> you abandoned us the cinema song.
1: You know, that reminds me, C2E2 is coming up. What are you looking forward to there?
0: Yeah, no. Um that's gonna I'm... be
1: my next weekend off. I was free this weekend, then I gotta
0: yeah. uh I'm interested. I think Sven Gouli was announced. Yes,
1: well, he's all—he's a fixture at C2E2. I mean, he's a local hero.
0: Yeah, and that might explain all the shirts. But I swear, I've seen some shit at Hot Topic for him. But
1: it's—it's it's really um, taking off more than ever the last year or so.
0: Yeah, and you know who knows? He might have a deal with One Hour Tees, which does pro wrestling tees, and they're the guys who got all the wrestling shirts they have a pretty extensive
1: online they have a pretty extensive online stores it is
0: yeah but they I'm just constantly
1: saying, rotate seasonal stuff in and
0: out yeah it. but i'm just saying i'll you know, gotta do a little research but if he's with one hour tees they are they've got a, quite the reach i mean yeah. they pretty much do all of all elite wrestling stuff um
2: oh,
0: and the aliens are going back into boob shit <laughs> um i don't know like c2e2 for me i am a guy who likes the more um um
1: because they've already put up the schedule
0: yeah no and i haven't looked at it most of it i'm
1: sure there'll be some changes going in hey there's a chance
0: 90 for chill gets to fill in somewhere
1: i don't know
0: fingers crossed
1: uh, I, mean, I gotta go
0: and buy andrew td a ticket but yeah they've got yeah. they've
1: got that one panel they bring back that panel movies everyone disagrees with you on again <laughs> which right you've been to break break into
0: <laughs> oh no i i made it last year and i'm oh, surprised you did. yeah no i, I brought which up one was you know, it? i can't uh,
1: remember which one you did
0: i brought up life force um oh. brad jones all about it <laughs> yeah um uh, and it's like the rest of the guys did not see it and um so when the s- nostalgia critic looked at the poster and i guess he got one of the weird posters you can show that on a poster <laughs> it's like um yeah it's like um and i got to talk to i got to talk to the uh a nostalgia critic gave him a card right. for the podcast and it's yeah. like you know shooting, the, you know, shooting so, the breeze and stuff yeah but i, I they- mean
1: with looking at what's going on at C2E2 this year, it seems like there's a lot more outright industry stuff this And year.
0: no, and that's, that's the word I was trying to think of. It's like, I dig the industry stuff.
1: There's like meetups for creative creators, you know, networking, basically. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I, I dig the industry stuff more than, say, Fan Expo, which is really more about, like, and you know i mean
1: i know c2e2's always been a bit more industry focused but it seems like they're really doubling down on it this time
0: uh you know who knows it might be something with uh, reed pop um cuz they're now be. they're now handling like they're going to
1: have Mar- marvel portfolio reviews or something like that
0: yeah uh i bring up reed pop though just because they're taking over uh e3
1: oh that too
0: yeah so it's like I mean, they're, it's going to be an interesting year because like everybody, like all the primary, um, basically Nintendo, Sony, and Xbox, and Microsoft aren't doing E3.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it's like Pop is probably going to be making that more of a fan thing. But personally, as I say, I like the industry stuff. Like, um, I think it was the 20, maybe it was 2019, maybe it was 2020 uh c2e2 when they did the alien shorts to promote the 40th mm-hmm. anniversary of alien mm-hmm. um and then you got uh what is there when they get the um voice actors to do a movie script uh tunes unleashed or something like that Can't remember, cause I know,
1: i know they're not i know they're not doing it this year
0: oh well, yeah but... and
1: i know what you're talking about
0: right i mean jim cummins should be disney royalty (laughs) but um no so i usually get more out of c2e2 than i say fan expo because fan expo is still it's like wizard world in this fact that it's still like oh it's kind of like we're we're taking the taking Hollywood to the we're taking Hollywood to the masses, but we're really just serving the nerds type element. So mm-hmm. I kind of like I kind of like the fact that it's like the industry it kind of feels a little more serious instead of you know nerds hoping to find their stepbrothers moment. Did we mm-hmm. just become best friends? <laughs> yeah and we're in a society we're not going to be committed to the pen pal concept <laughs> so um i so i can't really say i've researched too much i've seen some great names come up uh in the newsletters and such so i'm excited uh i don't think chris evans is worth 240 dollars an autograph no
1: I, I i'm not surprised they're gonna charge that high
0: i'm not surprised i'm just saying it's like
1: yeah, it's like twice as much as, almost twice as much as I don't know how far I've got ever paid. I don't think I've paid more than hundred and twenty five dollars. Um in my experience.
0: And yeah, that highest
1: that was for Jeff Goldblum.
0: Right. I think I've paid I may have paid a hundred, but that was for uh Smith and Muse. So uh-huh. uh I think well, I've no, paid- if you're yeah, it's I, I more usually, than one person. usually, autograph wise, it's an impulse thing for me or a guilt. And a lot of time, a guilt thing for me. Like, I was not at, I, like, how the hell did Robert Patrick got, not get room 25 at uh, Wizard World uh, <laughs> 2021? It's like, it's Robert freaking Patrick. And then it's like, I'm trying to find something that for purchase something for him to autograph, and it's like, Ah, the best thing I come up with a Terminator Two poster, and it's like, I'm sorry, man. It's in Robert Patrick, very cool guy. What it was? It was Arnold's movie. But oh, man, you're you're responsible for making John Cena an actor. That's something the Marine should be remembered for, <laughs> being the first great heel John Cena ever had to deal with. Yeah, screw you, Triple <laughs> H screw you randy orton screw you edge robert patrick <laughs> most meaningful moot most meaningful um bad guy john has ever faced off against and they brought and they ran it back in peacemaker <laughs> but um now autographs wise it's like i got a robert patrick i got uh michael rooker um I got J. I got uh, Smith and Muse. Um, I, I don't know. It's like that's the problem with collecting and such. You know, it's like, yes, this is gonna go up in value, and it's like, but that means you have to sell it at some point. <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> I don't want to sell it. Again, that goes to why I have a body bag full of memorabilia in my apartment. I figure if you're going, you know, all graves are going to get robbed at some point. I want there to actually be a prize with mine. But I do miss not wearing my Brett the Hitman Hart autographed Calgary Hitman hockey jersey. But I do regret not asking Brett Hart to give me $2,500 for all the time I spent in professional wrestling. Because of him. Um, which is an interesting concept now. I think about it like the entire idea is never meet your heroes. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion on that?
1: Oh, well, I've had very good experiences with performers I've greatly admired on the whole. Well,
0: that's good. I mean, I, I say that I mean, with Bret Hart, and he was a cool guy, regardless. Mm-hmm. Sorry, don't want to make him sound bad. <laughs> it's like Have you really had the genuine heroes, though? I suppose. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm diving too much in artistic stuff. I I mean, for me, Kevin Smith is a hero. (laughs) Um, and he was a very cool guy, and I really wish I would have abused him like every other P person in line, (laughs) instead of no, just tag it, man. You're cool. You know, it's like I should have been pitching myself to get on Smodcast. (laughs) Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm getting into artistic influence and such. Like, obviously, as a aspiring screenwriter, Kevin Smith is a thing. Same thing with Tarantino. Um, do you have any authors or you know writers that? You would have really loved to have met?
2: Hmm. I don't know.
0: And that that's why she's a genius. She knows she's better than all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so all righty, so C two E two, we talked Oscars, we talked weird movies.
1: <laughs> and it was if you don't mind, we can finish up with one quick one more quick question off the cuff. Do you think we've re we passed Peak Superhero movie at this point? Um because uh Ant-Man 3 is not doing as well as expected, which is not a great thing given that this was supposed to be the point where we're finally starting to Get some focus with where the Marvel movies and shows are going.
0: Well, I wouldn't have chosen Ant Man to be that project.
1: No, it does seem a bit weird offhand.
0: Um, while
1: DC seems doesn't seem to know what it wants to do at this point, seems like it's trying to burn off a lot of stuff. Oh. It's not totally clear that what's been promised to come is going to show
0: up um well i i would say i think the superhero thing has is be perhaps a victim of the pandemic
1: i don't know i, I mean the general consensus seems to be as to why marvel is in decline leaving out bad faith arguments uh, is that they a lot of people just jump ship after endgame and don't really feel a pressing need to come back
0: oh no no that is that's obviously true um once endgame happened it felt like the story was closed um and because
1: and... and if ant-man 3 can't get things into focus we have two other marvel movies this year one is the last guardians of the galaxy movie yeah which, you know, because it is the last, that's also shutting the door. And the other is the Marvels, which Disney's just changed the release date for, again, like less than two weeks before they do the big Disney animated musical for Thanksgiving. Um, so it's not a lot of time.
0: No. Uh I'll I'll put it this way. I want to see Guardians 3. I want to see the Marvels. But we don't have any other um, new Marvel property, correct? No. No movies. Okay. Right. So, no, I think it was. Okay. I think it was a victim of the pandemic and the fact that people aren't going to go rush out for the next thing. Uh, I'll say that. Uh, you're right. I think a lot of people are like, oh, the story's over after Endgame. And it's like, okay, now it's become more of a nerd thing. So, yeah. Um, with with that, mark, with that, with that said, uh, that would basically say once it becomes a nerd thing, go to television. That's the safest spot for it. Nobody's going to. I'm rewatching True Blood right now as I get stoned, yes. and mm-hmm. it's like, oh God, those effects wouldn't pass anywhere else um but it's on tv so i forgive it uh so tv's the way to go um i should have been the way to go but uh i don't know it's like again it's like i really want a star wars movie i want that i want that to be a reason to request a night off and no offense to to you rory it's like uh like they were telling me about my schedule. Well, you better request that weekend of the last weekend of March off. And it's like I already did. Well, I don't think they're going to remember it, so better do it here. And it's like, well, I don't know how the new employer works. It's like, what do I say to make sure I get C two E two off? And and I basically said, um, I am escorting my sister to C two E two. I may have brought up like, you know. Um, your spectrum. It's like, and then I'm bringing that up to people. And it's like, you should have sold it even more. <laughs> um, but no, it's like I really wanted the Disney movie. I mean, I really wanted this. I've I've been dying for a Star Wars movie, and I don't know. And honestly, I like the fact that TV's been the last thing for three years because then I'm gonna be totally pumped. So yeah, I it's just like we need a time off. Uh, well from the from from the movies and I think the biggest problem is DC is still trying to come up with stuff. Yeah. Like, basically, we needed a total shutdown on comic book movies. Period. Unless it's, like, weird stuff. Like, I know the Losers sucked. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't get Watchmen, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Familiarity is a curse right now.
1: Mm -hmm. or unfamiliarity because
0: well but 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 we're supposed but you 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 say you say unfamiliarity but the name marvel should make us immediately familiar is what i think um was the entire downfall of what is it stage four was the last one
1: phase four
0: phase four whatever like okay yeah i want to see i want to see black widow cool who are the smick f- in and internals uh which really makes me feel bad that i just recently bought the man uh the obi-wan kenobi character that uh um camille and johnny just portrayed as a thunko pop i didn't buy his eternal's one so um yeah but i'm just saying it's like we go back to 2014 who the hell were the guardians the guardian the guardians of the galaxy
1: well you we, can argue that
0: we just like oh it's marvel so it's going to be okay
1: yeah but if somebody was asking that with regards to the marvels it's been pointed out that which
0: is the one i'm looking forward to most in all honesty
1: yeah but it requires you to be familiar with one at least one movie and two different television series
0: and i'm game for that i haven't watched the miss Mar- marvel yet but that was one I was pumped for. But that's the thing. If it, it, it for those of you guys who, who haven't watched them,
1: what is the hook? Because Guardians of the Galaxy, you might not have heard of before that, but it wasn't just that it was a Marvel movie. At least it had a hook of a premise of wacky team of space adventurers do ex- adventure thing.
0: Uh I wouldn't What's say was so a I, I wouldn't say that was a great hook though. Again, let's bring up Ice Pirates.
1: At least it's something you can yes. sum up quickly. Okay. Yeah. Execution is the right. At least it gets you through the door. The execution is where you really you can really run into trouble. But at least if you can get them through the door with a hook. No, it's half you're
0: you're you're right. I'm just saying I don't think it was a strong hook, but
1: I mean a Marvel, I, I... the marvels does not have a hook. It's, well,
0: it, it's only if you who, like the Miss Marvel movie, and people are pretty much like, blew that one off as, well, at least we're taking the time to establish a character.
1: You know, somebody, as some people have pointed out, we don't even really know who Ms. Marvel, not Ms. Marvel, but who Captain Marvel really is. She spent 80% of the movie with amnesia.
0: I would say that... Who...
1: We don't even know what her personality is.
0: I would say we got a pretty good idea through the flashbacks and such. (laughs) Look, I'm going to respect anybody who wears a nine-inch nail shirt before it was really cool. And let's just face it. The reason to watch, I mean, I like Captain Marvel. I love Goose. But the reason to watch it is the establishment of Nick Fury.
1: I still like Jessica Ritchie arguing that all this was done better in The Long Kiss Goodnight,
0: (laughs) which also has
1: Samuel L. Jackson.
0: Right. Well, the key is Samuel L. Jackson. So, (laughs) in other words, we would not be having this discussion if the entire Phase 4 was centered around Nick Fury.
1: That is an interesting way of looking at it, but he can't he can never really be the lead. That's not something you build the whole thing around. You have to build it around a big hero.
0: But okay, but that's that's so Nick Fury is basically the watcher.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean what, he's that's cool what I'm that. saying. Yeah, never no, been- and I'm
0: just saying I love I loved what if. I also love uh the actor who I keep ever forgetting his name. Um Jeffrey Wright. All right, didn't even need the i. I was pulling up IMDb, but it came to my head. I love Jeffrey Wright, and it's like I loved um, I loved how What If concluded with him basically just like, oh, I guess I got to piece all this bullshit together, and that would be perfect for Nick Fury. I guess I got to piece all this bullshit together. There you go, Nick Fury, piece and bullshit. That's a movie. I meant to say I I don't think I made it sound right like piecing piecing up bullshit it's like no piece and bullshit Nick Fury that's a movie um I mean I don't know if it's gonna sell in the cinema but the VOD through the roof <laughs> yeah so but I don't know it's it's gonna be we're we're in for an interesting it's an interesting time in cinema and i think there might be a time for course correction because we still haven't really figured out how to get back from the pandemic
1: we knew well history repeats in some senses the great hope we ha- you could have is that just the way that we had got a bunch of crappy musicals for a few years after sound of music hit it big and the studios nearly lost their shirts and then that opened up the way for more independent creatives to come into hollywood and give us the triumphs of the 70s and i would argue some of the early 80s but i don't think hollywood system american movie making system is set up to allow that kind of reconstruction to happen again
0: uh you're i think you're sadly i think you're kind of right um with it not being prepared for that Yeah, Uh, i've been watching a lot i think i've subscribed to adam conover's youtube channel so Uh yeah i I got that reality set into me damn he does ruin everything (laughs) i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just saying (laughs) um but when you say history repeats itself where you had the 70s being probably the finest time for cinema and then you had kind of a 90s figuring out what the next stage is which yeah, gave like, us which gave us like a lot of great movies The you know 90s had
1: kind of the indie boom the real indie
0: boom right and um yeah so we're we're running behind 20 years basically uh we need that uh cor- course correction but uh, it's a lot
1: harder to do when
0: Everything's what? Well, it's it, it's, a harder, in, it's a lot harder. It's
1: a lot harder to do because. The,
0: okay, go.
1: When the studio system collapsed, they were they were just studios, and that
0: you're right. The,
1: yep, that was that made them pray for big corporations to swallow them up, like Gulf and Western buys Paramount. Pitcher. Paramount,
0: right. Uh, G-E- uh, G-E- i mean i know it's television but what western owns cbs
1: trans american bought united artists yeah and the, the, and this is what mel brooks is making fun of in his film silent movie where the uh villains are from the corporation engulf and devour
0: oh geez which is trying to buy
1: out the movie studio that the main characters are trying to say yeah it's called engulf and devour we own you
0: yes no it's brilliant and i really still need to watch a lot more um no brooks
1: um but so i mean coca-cola owned columbia pictures for a time in the 80s well
0: that's that's a weird slip up i mean what what bill cosby (laughs) ruined you that much with new coke (laughs)
1: no they they bought it before the new coke debacle but
0: well i'm saying new coke brought it down bill cosby ruins everything that should be a podcast
1: but when so the studios were in a much weaker position in the 1980s and 90s so they had to try harder yeah the 70s 80s and 70s and 80s and they had to try harder in the 70s and 80s to get back on their feet because even eighties big studio filmmaking, in a lot of ways, is more interesting and varied than what we get now.
0: Well, I mean, you say all this, and it's kind of like I'm thinking we're prepped for a collapse at some point. Right well, I now. think we
1: already we're we're
0: we're already in the middle
1: of it because the studios are now a lot more powerful as they're part of these giant multimedia conglomerates, and there's only a handful of them. I once read that in the 1980s, only about Forty percent of the overall marks held by the big studios like Paramount and Columbia. A lot of smaller companies were filling in filling in the rest of that six that sixty percent. Like uh, I think Orion counted there.
0: Well, no, and so, we're not. But I'm just you know, saying, up,
1: little upstarts like TriStar that were eventually folded into larger companies. Yeah, and New Line Cinema and other b picture distributors they had a lot more share
0: yes you're right
1: and now we only have about four or five major companies left that own everything and are and thus even if they're collapsing they're not going to respond to the problem by trying to get creative new talent to do new things
0: well no they're not uh things are just gonna get like we're we're at a point i think where things are just going to keep constantly getting reshuffled over the next decade. I think discovery plus is not going to discovery. is not going to last as it, as the Warner brothers owner. I think that'll, that'll fall apart. Um, Paramount seems to be in a good state, good state. And, you know, Hey, I, I hate the fact that they aren't involved with movies anywhere, but they'll be all right. Amazon's not going to know what to do with MGM, so that'll that'll free up. Uh, Disney's the the nightmare, <laughs> sadly. Yeah. Because uh, I don't think because like when you look at HBO, I mean not HBO, Warner Brothers, and all the changes being made there, it's kind of like well, you have somebody who doesn't know what Warner Brothers does owning it. Disney knows exactly what they're doing with every move and you kind of have to respect that after they lost uh 500 well I'm just gonna say a billion dollars on John Carter and Mars Needs Moms Mm -hmm. and the Lone Ranger so I say a billion and now I'm saying that that's two billion (laughs) so and Disney is probably the strongest of all conglomerates right now Mm -hmm. so nothing's going to stop disney but i think um there'll be a course correction with warner brothers and sony's really got to figure out their shit (laughs) how they fit into the scheme um but i think it's really just going to have to be until we have an avatar movie that doesn't make a billion dollars so we're probably looking at avatar 4 by that point my prediction (laughs) Um, I guess you can say nothing's going to change. So I haven't checked the release date on Avatar three. I'm hoping it's soon, just so we can rush this. But you know, uh-huh. I I know Avatar. Well, Avatar four and five, those are supposed to be Cameron movies, and then it's going to be ten years at least before we get Avatar six. Was James Cameron has to train a train a director to be James Cameron. So, but. You know, um there are since this movie, like having that discussion. So I had the initial discussion with one of my managers at my new employer. Um that was the one about Fargo. Then I had a you know conversation with my other manager, and that was like, oh yeah, Disney shit the bet phoned in phase five, and it's like But he really brought up the fact that, gosh, you must do a lot of old movies here on podcast because nobody can do under an hour and 20, uh, two hours anymore. (laughs) So um, I guess I'm just saying that I think there's going to be a, as long, you know, I hate to say it, don't go to the movies, folks. (laughs) It's as long as you got, a good internet connection we can we can kind of course correct thing when you see something uh hbo dismisses and puts on streaming services so they get licensing fees to cover their residuals they don't want to pay watch that shit (laughs) um so yeah it's just uh i think they're you know and as time goes on, it takes longer for history to repeat itself. I think the problem. And like, cause we learned and it's like, no, you're, you're putting, um, is, you know, band-aids on the Kennedy head load.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's you, you, yeah, you can, um, you can keep John Kennedy's brain brain alive long enough to put him in a black person, but <laughs> It's going to die at some point. <laughs> and that was a real weird uh, trying to respect Bubba Hotep, but. Um, no, it just sucks that we got to wait longer for things to fix itself, I think is the problem. Uh-huh. It will fix itself. <laughs> or you just you just have to at least have that hope, <laughs> I suppose. Um. So in the meantime, go to places like Beefest. fest <laughs> I suppose. Um, gosh, I really wish I could just start a Patreon so I can take Fridays off and do whatever the people on Windy City double feature picture show tell me to go and watch at the Music Box Theater in Chicago. <laughs> or better yet, mm-hmm. start a Patreon so I can move to Chicago land. Hey, with that said, Rory, I I don't mind your presence. How about we start moving your moving your career up to Chicago land too?
1: I can't do it right now.
0: Well, okay. I'm just saying, at least you said right now, so well, that means there's a chance to recite one Lloyd Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> ah. A world without gra- without nieces and nephews, Rory. That's what I'm proposing. <laughs> I love my nieces and nephews, but I'm actually, as I, as I like to joke, I'm envious of my nieces and nephews because they get to play with toys. <laughs> the only reason I'd ever consider having offspring is just so I can play Star Wars with somebody. <laughs> you were never a toy girl back growing up. I mean, I think you picked up Barbie's bullshit pretty fast. In other words, hmm. I think you may have had some She-Raw toys. That's about it.
1: Yeah, I had Barbies and Care Bears, My Little Pony, Shiras. My Pelt, little little Strawberry Shortcake.
0: Oh well, yeah. My well, aside, aside from Barbie, my My Little Pony, She-Ra, <laughs> uh, Rainbow Right. Those are pretty. Those are cool, I think. Ideas. <laughs> Care Bears, love my Care Bears. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just saying. I didn't see a dream house until Ryan came around. Please say him. I forget. I I I'm not for like you didn't have a dream house, did you? No. All right, that was all Ryan. Okay. So. Ninety for Chill, the podcast where the cool kids hang out. If you don't think we're cool kids, you don't respect kids. All right. So, all right. Well, we're coming up on near kickoff for the AEW Revolution pre-show where I just need to see Mark Briscoe and. Well, that just tells you how much paid attention I have to the (laughs) pre-show, but. All right. Well, you can find the Poetic Critic on Letterboxd. Her username is The Poetic Critic. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at CatbusRuss if you need to figure out where The Poetic Critic is. Um, anything you want to promote besides that? Not today. Okay. Uh, as always, the real place to follow me is Mastodon. The username is Russ Stevens at ma- at Mastodon.social, it will pick up someday. George Takai, Elvira, and Neil Gaiman promised me that. Otherwise, if you want to be on the podcast, send an email to rustthebus07 at gmail.com. That's russthebus e b u s zero seven at gmail.com. Offer me a movie, a theme, a director, an actor, of You know, just try to focus on sub 100 minute material, even if it isn't, I will figure a way to make it work out. Or if you just want to bullshit like me and the poetic critic did today, that's cool. But I love the fact we somehow figured out the Oscars of 1988, 25 years later. So that was pretty cool. Otherwise, uh, thank you, Stacia Harden, for looking after me through these uh, last 20 odd years. It's only been 19, but yeah, it feels like it. You better be taking care of Skimble or Skimble better be taking care of you. That little one-eared angel for regardless, you know, as long as you keep looking after everybody you affected in your life in a positive manner, we're going to be just fine. So thank you very much to the poetic critic for coming on, saving the day like she's done so many a times. Sorry, I didn't have any Jim Carrey or Jeff Goldblum to immediately throw at you. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So until uh, next week, thanks for coming to 90 for Chill the Podcast and have yourselves a good night. Uh, Thank you. Yep, thank you. Here's the hoping Brian Danielson is our new AEW champion. So (laughs) thanks again, Rory.
1: You're welcome. Can I hear a wahoo?